Hello, everybody, and welcome to Chits and Chat. I am Kaz Gable. I'm Alex Cruzy. And today we are off to the sands of, uh, you know, actually, I don't know what, <laughs> where the Targi people are from. <laughs> I just realized. Um, are they Bedouins? Or are they Targi? Is that a... I don't know. I don't know. I just tried to look it up. Uh, but, uh... Technically, they're not the Targi people. It is the Tureg people. Ah, uh, Tureg. Okay. The, tar- so that the is... Targi are the males. Oh, Africa. And the Targia are the females. Ah, okay. Yes. So that is uh, Northern Africa, then, or a German car. Volkswagen <laughs> Tureg. I was actually in Morocco uh, once and uh, for my honeymoon, and I talked to Turek people, and they were kind of annoyed that <laughs> Germany just named a car after them. Like, it was like, why did they do that? That was dumb. That's our name. But a side note. Back to the game. Yes, we are reviewing the game Targi, and uh, we were also going to review the expansion, but we didn't. So there is one. We'll talk about that <laughs> later. But Targi is a game from 2012. I'll talk about it. It was designed by Andreas Steger. It is a two-player game, plays in around 60 minutes. It's about mid-rating. Board Game Geek has it at a 2.34 out of 5 for complexity. Um, I'd say that's about right. It, it feels like this, this is a dense-ish game, but it's, not, yeah. it's pretty accessible. Uh, it is a game of choosing uh, or placing workers, but it's got a really interesting mechanism for doing that. And it reminds me of another game which I kind of wonder if it inspired in a way which we'll also talk about but before we talk about any of that let's talk about how this game plays <sighs> alright okay so to play the game uh, there's going to be uh, the board is consistent of cards uh, to set it up there are a bunch of surrounding cards there are maybe 16 cards that go around the border uh, they go in a very specific uh, arrangement you can tell by the coastal uh, regions exactly what goes next to what Uh, And then in the center, there's going to be nine cards. Uh, This gets set up so that uh, you shuffle two decks. One's a tribe deck. Another one is a goods deck. Uh, Five of the goods get placed in an X formation in the center. uh, And then four of the tribe cards get placed in the remaining four spots. Uh, And then technically, it starts face down, but you can just flip them over immediately. Uh, This is the setup of the board. Uh, There is a robber that gets placed in the noble location, which is in the upper... Uh, left nearly most left hand spot it's just one to the right of the most left hand spot Uh, it's covering up that space and i'll get back to the robber in a bit Uh, each person starts with uh three targi tokens uh and two tribal tokens uh these are going to be where you're going to place things and uh kind of claim spots uh and everyone also starts with Uh, Two of every resource, the resources being dates, salt, and pepper, uh, and they also start with one gold coin. Uh, So all the resources are are those. The gold coin does not count as a good. It is its own thing. It's good. Uh, And also, I believe, I'm not 100% sure on this, it's just the game that we were playing. You start with, uh, I think, three victory points? Four victory points. Uh, Yeah, four victory points. Uh, And then apparently the last player who ate a date is the starting player. Otherwise, (laughs) blue starts. Very appropriate. Uh, I don't remember the last. I don't know if I've even ever eaten a date. I may have eaten dates mixed in with things, but I don't know if I've specifically just had a date. A date. Uh, 
I don't get out a lot. All right. Anyway, uh, so starting with the starting player, they have a, a little starting token to signify that. They will take one of their Targi tokens uh, and place it on one of the outer edges, not the corners, one of the outer edges of the board. Uh, these outer edges usually get you either a good or some special type of action. So you're like, ooh, you get a date if you go here or salt. You'll not immediately do it. You're just placing them to say, I'm going to be doing this in the future. Some of them are special actions like, oh, you can trade in these resources for those resources, or you might get a mystery tribal card or a mystery tri uh, caravan card, or uh, possibly, oh, you get to move one of your tokens that you've placed already, uh, or you can play play a card that's in your hand. They, there are, I think, one, two, three, four, six different special things, but all the other ones are like, get this type of good. Uh, and you'll just go back and forth each placing things. Uh, there are limitations to where you can place your your um, your members. Uh, you, if you place it, as in, and this is a kind of a crisscrossy grid, uh, when you place one of your workers along the edge, uh, you cannot place it on a spot where someone else already is, obviously. You also can't place it where the robber is. So the robber is blocking one of those spots. Uh, you cannot place it opposite one of your opponents. So on this grid, if someone placed it in the middle top spot, uh, if your opponent did that, you could not place it on the middle bottom spot. They, that's off limits. You can place it opposite your own. That's perfectly fine, although you'll get a little bit less probably, but maybe it's for the benefit in the future. Uh, and I believe that's pretty much everything. I think those are all the restrictions. I might be forgetting one, but uh, I can't think of it right now. Anyway, once everyone has placed all of their Targi, you then place your tribal tokens on all of the intersections where all of your Targi meet. So if, say, for example, I placed in that top middle and I also placed in the uh, left middle, then I would do a little doo -doo 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 and see where those two lines meet, and I would get to place a tribal token on the middle, middle card on that deck, or whatever it might be. Uh, so I've claimed that spot as well, and any additional ones. So you have two, so it's possible to make two intersections. It is possible to make less uh, if, say, for example, you placed two in the same row, then you're kind of missing out on some action there. Uh, once that happens, then starting with the start player, they get to claim all of their stuff in any order they wish. So if they have a Targi on a date, they can be like, I'm going to take the dates. You take your little Targi off it. Say you've already taken the dates. Uh, you can do the, the tribal tokens first if you want to. It's your choice what order you do them in. Um, the If you have a Targi token on a goods token, you just get those goods. That good is removed from that center spot and then is replaced with the opposite card, which in this case would be a tribal card, which is placed face down so that we know you can't do anything with that the re remainder of this round. It'll get flipped over during the new round. Um, if it is a tribal card, there is a cost uh, to pay for it in the upper right-hand corner. Uh, it's usually some sort of combination of uh, goods or possibly gold. Uh, and if you decide to take one of those, you have two choices. Well, actually, three choices. You can either take it and immediately pay for it and place it in a little tableau or display in front of you. Uh, or you could decide, I don't want this at all, and trash it. Or you can decide, I do want this, but I don't want to pay for it right now, and put it into your hand. Uh, you do have a limit of one card in your hand. Uh, so if you already have one in your hand, then your choice is either to pay for it and put it in your tableau or trash it. You cannot swap it out with the one that's in your hand. That is not an option. 
Uh, yeah, uh, when you place things in your tableau, uh, you are kind of making an arrangement because these tribal cards have one of five different symbols on them. They either have, and I'm going to screw this up, I'm just going to make up the names for them. Uh, it's either a camp, a guy on a camel, uh, a targia, an oasis, or a well. That's pretty close. I don't, I think it's just called camel, not a guy on a camel, but uh, <laughs> it is one of those symbols on it. They also have benefits on them. Some of them, most of them have some sort of victory points in the bottom corner, uh, ranging from one to four victory points. Uh, a few of them have special benefits that are either immediately happen or th so it's things like, oh, you get for every empty space in your display, you get uh, for every two empty spaces, you get one good of your choice or uh, it's possible. It's just like you get to skip. Uh, you don't have to worry about a raid or things like that. Uh, or it could be an end game bonus where at the end of the game, you will score additional points based on these criteria. Uh, but you, what you're kind of trying to do is place them and you have, again, a three, I don't know if it's again, I can't remember if I said it, a three by four <laughs> grid, essentially. You're building from left to right. Uh, so starting from the left, you have four different rows that you could build. Uh, and what you want to do is kind of do kind of a set collection thing. So you want to build a row that either has one of these two qualities. Either it is all the same type of uh, symbol or all different types of symbols. If at the end of the game they're all the same symbol, you will score four victory points. If they're all different symbols, uh, then you will score two victory points. And if it's neither of those, you don't score any extra stuff for it. So you're trying to, to kind of do this. So you, if you're like, oh, this matches, uh, you know what? I'm, I think I'm trying to go for all different. I'm going to put this in a different row. You can totally <laughs> do that. That's perfectly fine. Uh, and this continues on. As soon as the... Everyone takes all of their actions for all of their stuff, and everything gets replaced. Uh, then the next round will start. Uh, it You pass the starting player to the next person. The robber will move one down, uh, and all of those cards that got placed out there in the center will get flipped over so everyone knows what they are. If the robber ever reaches one of those corner spaces, uh, the corner spaces have raids on them. These are always bad. Uh, they, they get more and more costly as it moves along. Uh, the first raid space costs each player a good or a victory point. Uh, the next one costs two goods or, two, or a victory point. The next one is three goods or two victory points. And the final one is one gold or three victory points. Now, uh, it's your choice which one of them you pay. Um, if you cannot pay either of them, uh, then your opponent gets the thing that you could not pay. So, for example, uh, if I could not pay one good or one victory point for some strange reason, I can't can't imagine how you would be playing to get get rid of that much stuff right in the beginning. Uh, your opponent would then get to have a free victory point, uh, but they would still have to pay their stuff. So, they if they if they paid a victory point, they would get a victory point back because you didn't pay it. Uh, and once it goes on to a corner space, it'll immediately move to the next space. So it doesn't stay at that corner space. It's just like a, a small interlude between uh, the two round positions, and then it will block another space. It's always going to be blocking an action space uh, for people. Uh, the game will continue on this, progressing further and further, until one of two things happens. Either uh, the robber gets all the way to that last raid space, or uh, one at least one player fills up all 12 spots of their array in front of them. Uh, if they do that, the round will still finish, uh, but then after that, the, the round is over. 
uh, and the end of the game to determine victory points you would basically look at how many of the, the little victory point cross things that you have the tokens you score one point for each of those uh, you score you for little silver crosses that are on the um, tribal cards that you have in your tableau you will score again the four victory points or two victory points if you have the matching sets in each type of row you'll score any additional bonus things based on some of those tribal cards so the at the end of the game you score one additional point if you have uh, 10 tribe cards uh, in your tableau type of a thing uh, and then that's you add up all that whoever has the most points wins the game if there is a tie uh, whoever has the most gold uh, wins if there's still a tie whoever has the most goods wins the game and if there is still a tie it is a draw and that is how you play there you go that is targi um yeah this is a pretty solid game and it for uh being a 2012 it didn't win i saw somewhere that it was nominated for spiel or kinderspiel or something like that do you know anything that about that? could or could not be true. I will look that up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll say that about every game. Uh, but, yeah, this I is should just, just be ready. I should really just be ready because you always bring it up, and then I don't know the answer. <laughs> I don't see it on the credits on BoardGameGeek, but I, there is on the Japanese version of the cover, it says something in German. <laughs> and I don't know... <laughs> what that what it means but it looks like it's a uh yeah it was it one it won something it's like a fair play a la carte type thing uh but it was a nominee for a lot of things basically but it didn't actually win anything yeah yeah uh but yeah this is this game i'm always impressed by games that have like a fully dynamic board state like games like this where the board basically is made out of cards and shifts constantly and then i guess there is a static area of the board because the outside perimeter never changes it's just the um cards within the board that are uh that are changing so you've got nine cards that are fluctuating and shifting but the thing that changes on the perimeter is the robber moves around block stuff but it always impresses to me me how well, like how much design work goes into games like this, and I drew a comparison when we were talking before about Brussels 1897, which is the card game version of Brussels 1893. And this kind of reminds me of uh, Targi, or Targi reminds me of that. Uh, that came later than Targi, much later. So I wonder if there is some influence there. But there's other games like this, but this is a really tightly designed game. I, I really like the mechanisms of. Um, goods have to be switched out when a goods card is used or a tribe card is used they have to be switched out with the other type of card so if you get a tribe card the next card in that spot is going to be a good card that's a really interesting back and forth flow where you can just build up a lot of resources um for the next turn or goods get a lot of goods and the next turn know that it's going to the market's going to be flooded with tribe cards to pick up and vice versa so it's really interesting uh, structure that works really well because a lot of these games where they not a lot but you the thing that can be a downfall for games like this is they become kind of one note like there's something fun about it but then it's just like so repetitive that it's just like okay well I'm kind of bored <laughs> and this game even though it's a very clear back and forth and there there's enough variety in what pops up um, specifically mostly like tribal ability tribal card abilities that it's really enticing, and there's a lot of good decisions and hard decisions to be made here. So I gotta say, I gotta give um, Andres really a lot of credit for for this design. It's it's very impressive. 
Um, and then, of course, if you're Alex and you keep getting these magic get 5,000 victory <laughs> points cards from the Targia, <laughs> then it's even better. <laughs> yeah. Sort of God, that last card was just BS, sir. A uh, bunch was, of trash. I, I got everything coalesced in just the right way for me to get exactly what I wanted. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, but anyway, I'm still bitter about it. But it really it, – it makes sense. And it actually – it's kind of cool because I think you got all the Targia cards. And they do seem to – like the – the at least those seem to be sort of themed of like a you kind of get a gift from them. And yeah. I was actually looking at the expansion and they, they introduce a Targia meeple, which is similar to the robber moving around. But she, instead of the robber – like the robber does is block stuff if you're – with her, she'll give you a gift. So I think that's sort of a theme. I don't know if it's a cultural yeah. theme or, or what, but it seems on point within the design. And um, I'd like to go back and look, actually look at, like, if the Oasis cards do something sort of specific and if the Camel cards do something specific or or if they're just kind of a mishmash. But the Targia cards definitely seem to be, like, some sort of clear bonus benefit. Most of the time it was getting extra goods. But I like that, though, because in the future play, I'll know, okay, cool, Targia cards, they're good for what they are, but also they're usually just good to get because they give you some kind of bonus uh, as well. Um, but, yeah, I just I was really impressed with this design. I, I, I thought there was just tons of cool stuff coming out. The amount of uh, goods and the variety of Targia cards are just right. It never felt like uh, like we were, I was missing. I was trying to do four or three rows of four of the same cards and they weren't all easy to get, but I definitely felt like I had options to yeah. find them. And at the end I, I had one less gamble to finish mine and I didn't, but it could have easily gone the other way. There were Oasis cards in the deck. They just happened to not be at the top. So the, the numbers and the odds in this game are uh, really well balanced. I, I just got to say this, this seems like a very, very, very well thought out theme and mechanisms here. So pretty, pretty impressed. What, what's your experience playing this game? Have you who have you played it with, and uh, did they like it? Did, do people seem I've to like it? I've never played this before. the The only game I've ever oh. <laughs> played is the game I played with you. I've just I've oh, heard okay. I've heard a lot of things about it. And it's always kind of been on the back of my mind of like, oh yeah, it's a good two player game. But I've never really been like I have plenty of just two player games, and I'm like, ah, right. yeah. And ever since just the the expansion just came out recently, so it's just been on the forefront of my mind now. So I'm just like, gosh, you know, I really should. You know, I keep hearing all good things about it. I should really try it. And playing it, I really, I really like it. It's, it's a very deep kind of game. It's not super deep, but it's way deeper than like any other two-player game, strictly two-player game that I have. I, I realize there are probably definitely other games that are strictly two-player that are probably a little bit deeper. Uh, although I, I haven't played those. I, I would assume like. Uh, Twilight Struggle might be one of those where it's a little bit deeper, but it is a, a strictly two-player game. I have not played that, but I don't know. Right. Uh, but yeah, that, I, I that like, is a I jump like up in the complexity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I like the feel of this because it's, it's kind of uh, some stuff you kind of already know. It's got a worker placement, but there's an interesting mechanism to that. And I really like interesting mechanism. I like the whole, well, I want to try and – having to try and figure out, well, I want to be able to take that spot, but I can't take that spot if I take this spot. But if he takes this spot, then I'm blocked off from the intersection of those things. But if I can right. take this one action, then I can move that and I don't have to worry about that. But then again, if he takes that, then I can't do either of those and I have to think of something <laughs> else to do. And that happens so many times during a game. It'd be like, all right, if I just do this and I do this, hopefully he doesn't take that. But like I don't think far enough I'd had to go – 
yeah, he probably will take that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh no, There's wait, so- I didn't see that. <laughs> of course, he's gonna take that. Why wouldn't he take that? <laughs> and so, that I really like the having to think like two or three steps ahead just to do what you want because it's one of those things where you really have to plot out how many resources am I going to have? Will I be able right. to pull this off? You don't get all the resources at once. You you wait until you've done everything to go. All right, now let's do everything. Uh, you you cheated a little bit on one of your ones where you went to the caravan and you just flip over a goods thing and then you decide you flipped it over and you went I don't later. consider that cheating <laughs> I don't consider that cheating technically it's cheating uh, but <laughs> if you would have actually done the brain work to think what one do I need all right I'm gonna be doing this later and this later and this later then yeah you can't just go ah, I'm gonna decide what I want to do later you that decide better I do I do it all you could have flipped it later you could have flipped that card later sir well in your (laughs) mind pretend that i flipped it later (laughs) but yeah but even even so even though there's a lot of like ability to keep track i still say it's got this interesting feel where you you i mean you should and you end up doing that in the game but you also don't obsess too much about it It, the process is pretty quick like it's pretty clear like all right what do i need here what do i need here uh for this turn uh, or how to do? What's the correct order to do things on this specific sequence of events on my turn? But once you you do it, it's it's very clear, and it, there's not too much you can do once it's all said and done. It's just more of just like a sequencing thing. Uh, and then the other thing too is kind of goes back to what I said before about like everything flipping. Even if you do something incorrect or maybe uh, not ideal, that stuff will play pay it forward the next round it'll probably yeah. feed into something else something else so even if you make a mistake quote unquote uh it's pretty easy to th- those w- things aren't wasted those resources if you have like a, a, a tribe card in your hand or you've got um extra resources from that round or they didn't line for spending the way you needed them that will carry over and you, you'll be able to play that strategy out instead of or maybe one round maybe two rounds but w- which works really well so um Oh, that's funny. I didn't realize you hadn't played it before either. So it's <laughs> our first, our first time together. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, just that triangulation. I don't know if that's exactly what it would be called of of trying you to figure do, that you, out. You can count it as triangulation. Why not? There's yeah, a triangle, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like three points aligning. Three points is is really interesting. It's it it does create these interesting decisions where you have to sort of like choose a column or row that has a few options. Ideally, a couple options in there. That you want, and hopefully one that they want too that you can block them with. <laughs> yeah, um, and there or no, there that are definitely they might turns. Yeah, there are definitely turns where sometimes all you care about are the outer actions, the ones on the edge, and some there where right. it's just like, no, I really need to claim this tribe tile. Because right, right. there are definitely times where I'm like, I just need good. So I, all I care about is getting the right things on the outside. I don't want to have to pay a lot. But then there are times where it's like, no, I need this Targia card or else I'm going to miss it. And like you are trying to figure out, I, I don't care what I take on the edge as long as I can claim these tiles in the middle. So it, it it's definitely, there's a lot of flow back and forth between, oh, do I want resources this turn or do I want tar- to buy stuff this turn or do I need to you know block things do I need to take things oh I, I'm high on this so I need to spend that I'm low on this I need to get more of that like there's a definite kind of back and forth each round kind of feels just a little bit different than the last just because you're like well you know things are different now I can I'm I'm feeling you know 
full, full, my pockets seem full. I'm going to, I'm going to be spending a lot of money. Or sometimes you're just like, all I care about is just getting one gold token. I don't care what happens. I don't care what I'm (laughs) spending. I just need a gold token because they are hard to come by. (laughs) They're really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun too, because even when you're sort of tunnel vision focused on getting that one thing, um, you're going to get other things that are, that are sort of, if you're not necessarily planning that you don't really care what they are, you still get a little bit of a windfall at the end of each round in one way or the other. And having that triangulation thing that in a game like this, it could have just been an easier, more straightforward. I put a worker here and I claim that card. It's just sort of a race to do things before someone else. But I really, really loved having those two rounds where you have the outside perimeter. I mean, you don't have to do them in this order. You can do them any order you want, but basically you have outside perimeter stuff, which is static, which you know, you're going to get and then inside stuff. So you kind of fire off all of these things and you'll, hopefully get what you wanted but you also still most likely get extra stuff each round so this game is one of those games where it has a nice windfall feel kind of like uh concordia one of the things i love about concordia is oh yeah you can get these windfalls of like stuff and it's just like haha i'm rolling in grapes or whatever it is (laughs) uh tools or whatever and this has a similar feel not to that extent but definitely a a euro-ish worker placement game where you are getting a lot of things it's not one of those really tight ones where you're just eking by with the stuff that you have and it feels like a constant struggle this feels really satisfying in in the back and forth even though there's a lot of times where you're like oh i missed that opportunity or they got it first or like oh you right went right where i wanted to it still feels um exciting and satisfying not just stymieing <laughs> so i gotta give yeah. him credit again andreas you've done it again sir and only once actually we didn't mention this but this is the only game that um andre steger uh designed uh he did do the expansion as well and he was in charge of or did was responsible for doing some tokens for some of some kind i'm not really sure what the tokens were but basically a little supplemental thing for the game but uh yeah one of those one and done guys that made a really awesome game and then was never heard from again so I always, it's always fascinating when you have a designer like that. Yeah. I wonder if he's still into board games somehow or if he just went off to do other things. But, uh, yeah, really impressive. Really impressive work here, sir. All right. So who would like this? Who wouldn't like this? I think this is probably a great – once again, it's a two-player. So that's, uh, of course, one of the biggest things if you're not a two-player fan. All right. Of course. Sure. I get it. But I definitely think if you're any type of gamer and a gamer that likes – a little bit more complex two-player games. This is amazingly yeah. good. It's really, really good. And it gives you a little bit more of that, uh, you know, being an hour play, you're, you're, you're getting into the sort of traditional sort of meaty board game territory. And uh, the complexity is great for that as well. So I think the only people who wouldn't like it are people who like lighter two-player games, if you're a two-player fan. And that's all i can really think of think about but even then i'd say this is on the cusp i mean it's not super heavy it's it's heavy ish but it's on the cusp of someone who might be playing two-player games and like light stuff and interested in something a little bit more advanced this would be perfect to recommend because even though it is a little more advanced it's very clear the advancement really just comes on how you delineate your strategy navigate your strategy through the game it's not really that the game itself is is that dense but, um, yeah, so anyway, long story short, <laughs> I would say that this is pretty broadly appealing to any board gamer. It may not be the game that you bring out to introduce to someone, but after someone, if they're into two players, 
uh, gets used to some lighter games, this would be a great uh, step up. So yeah. uh, I would highly recommend this uh, for, for pretty much anybody who likes games. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for two-player and if you're looking for something that's that's meaty, this is definitely a great game. If you're not looking for two-player or you're you're looking for something a bit more breezy, this is not the game for you. But I'm sure someone at some point in time likes one of those things. Uh, uh, it's it's really good. I I want to get my hands on this as soon as I can. It's I don't you don't see it too often anymore. The expansion no, yeah. you see a lot, which is weird. You think when they released the expansion, they would have been releasing some of the base game as well. So you right? Uh, uh, yeah. So I I want to find <laughs> this as soon as I can. <laughs> yeah, it it is odd. I you think that Cosmos would do a re-release, but. Uh... I don't know, maybe maybe it got bought up, or maybe the... I don't know, who knows? But, um, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the art, which, which we kind of glossed over, but it's... It, the one thing that's... It, it doesn't stand out, it doesn't blow your mind with the art, but what it has, it's it's pretty good. Like, it doesn't get... It's minimalist-ish, but it doesn't get in the way of the symbology here. It's very clear what you are, uh, from a glance at the board based on your strategy, what you might be going after. The only thing that you have to look more closely at is the ability cards on some of the tribe cards. Uh, or I'm sorry, the ability text on some of the tribe cards. Those will typically be a little bit small, and you've got to pick it up or look, get your head in there to t- look a little closer. But other than that, I have to say it's great design there, and it's kind of got this distinct cover. If you've seen Targhi, or maybe you're not exactly sure what the game is, you've probably seen the box art that Cosmos did when they took it over from Z-Man and uh, several other publishers who had it. It's this really cool close-up of a um, uh, of a Targhia woman, and, uh, and she's in like a black uh, garb, and uh, it's just this really striking image. The original one was a Touareg man in the forefront with a guy on a camel in the background and some sort of generic trade goods. It kind of reminds me of a uh, – oh, what's the one? Ravensburger. It kind of reminded me of a Ravensburger cover. Like it's oh, very yeah. Euro. <laughs> it's just very Euro. It's like Targhi. So there's a Targhi guy and his camels and uh, a bunch of goods in the in the background. Just sort of any trading game in Europe, in Europe has that cover. You almost <laughs> expect him for his like hand to be out to just to be like, hey, right, exactly. Welcome. Yeah, he's you know, gesturing that. towards you, of course. <laughs> <laughs> like they all do that same stance that – Every single there's got to be a guy that just sort of like stamps these covers, <laughs> just changes slight differences in style and uh, design, but it's all the same person. But uh, yeah, the new cover that Cosmos did is just really beautiful. It's really cool. It looks really cool. And then there's also one in Japan, which of course is totally different, very yeah. anime. <laughs> it's a very it looks anime really cool. Style. It does look cool. Yeah, it's actually very colorful and and uh, uh, very uniquely done. But uh, but anyway, you've probably seen Targhi in the box style. So the art is nothing to write home about, but it's very it's well done. It's good for this game, and it's on theme. But the box is really cool and stands out as uh, something something unique and unusual in a in your collection, or at least on your shelves. Um, okay, would your mom like this game? No way in hell would your mom like this game. <laughs> this is uh, this is a little too convoluted and inter interconnect or the strategies here are a little too euroy i think for her tastes and even though there are some great up and down moments in this game i don't think it's the right type of up and down moments that kind of align with your mom's preferences what do you think am i on point yeah, here uh, you are completely on point uh there are up and downs but again they're they're smaller up and downs and they're further apart and there there's a lot less sense of uh everyone being like oh yeah i'm like it, it, it's not i don't know if it's that enjoyable of a game to watch 
because uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a it's very thinky. So like, you're gonna be watching people go, hmm, do I want to put this here? Do I want to put this here? That's not that entertaining, uh, to be honest. So yeah, I I, I think she'd res- respect that I'd play the game. I don't think she'd be like, that's a stupid game. It's just not a game for her. So yeah, she would yeah. not like it. Yeah, fair enough. I I could totally see that. Uh, oh, I just noticed that Andrew Andres Steger, his uh, icon, his um, uh, for his personal banner for Board Game Geek is actually a Targi lady, but instead of her face, it's Kylo Ren <laughs> <laughs> behind <laughs> close up of Kylo Ren. Um, yeah, no, totally, totally get that. This is even though it has a lot of the elements that your mom likes, I think it's just that that density, uh, Euro density here is just going to be kind of a turnoff. Um, for sure. But I definitely think you guys should check this out. This is a really solid one. And um, even though 2012, it definitely holds up. It really, I would really be curious to know how games were influenced by this or vice versa, what games influenced this specific design. Because there's games that are similar where there's a, a tableau of cards that are shifting. Um, Holmes and Mycroft kind of is one that I think of. Bruce, Brussels, 1897, of course. And... Um, but this one just does it really well, and it's very simple and straightforward, and it's a good access point for complicated two two player games that aren't uh, battle games. They a good a good market game that's satisfying and doesn't feel like frustrating to play, <laughs> which a lot of them that I've tried are. So kudos to you, Andy. All hey, right, everybody. Uh, we Whoa. no hold on. You sk- oh, I thought that, you that, skipped this the last time we did a podcast, which is oh did I, uh, I skip? taking it taking it out. How would oh, it be gosh, taking out? The whole point. Actually, <laughs> it's the whole did point really skip of this it last entire time? podcast. You, I think you skipped it last time, but I, I let it slide. Uh, all right. <laughs> you get you get one, Smalls. Uh, all right. Yeah, let's talk about that. That's kind of important. All right. Taking this game out. So taking the game out is going to be pretty functional. The biggest downside for this game is that it is a game of cards basically so in the setup the game is going to be set up in that central tableau which is going to be a five by five grid of cards um that is the cards are standard card size and so you know imagine that so it kind of takes up a chunk of space in the center of the table and then in front of each player is going to be a growing grid of three by four potentially uh three rows or yeah three column or three rows of four columns there we go um and so that is gonna be somewhat growing sizable area in front of you outside of that you're gonna have two drop piles your tribe cards your good cards two discard piles your tribe cards your good cards and then a stack of goods that uh, chits that you're gonna be pulling from and a stack of victory cards or victory point chits that you're gonna be pulling from and of course the little collection in front of you so this game actually is kind of a table hog. It's for a small game, for a two-player game. And that's going to limit a bit taking out. You could definitely do it. I've seen setups that are um, on just a high-top table. One of the things that is in this game's favor is that it's a, the way it's set up, being a two-player game, it's kind of set up for you each to sit next to each other. And so uh, being a two-player game, you can definitely, like, if you have a little bit more space, have... Uh, food to the side and sort of the game in front or the food in front and the game to the side, however you want to set it up. But I kind of like that setup where it's not necessarily you're across the table from each other. It's like, oh, you're next to each other and you're both looking at this board. So everything is, or the setup that's everything's oriented to you. And then everything else can be kind of wherever you want it. Um, 
I don't know. What are your thoughts about taking this out? I can see this being a little difficult. It's definitely one that's going to fail the pizza test, I would think. And it's it's it. The vibe would be good for taking out. But my sense is it's like it's probably one of those ones where you're not going to be eating a big meal around this. You're going to either play it after the meal or you're going to have it with like drinks and maybe some appetizer or something. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. I it it does take up a lot of space. I think it would be perfect for playing with drinks. Uh, meals, it's going to be pushing it. I mean, for me, I can make anything fit. Uh, I, right. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. I could be playing on a two foot by two foot table, uh, and I'd make this work and have a full meal. Uh, on right. <laughs> I don't know how I do it. I figured out. Uh, I'd overlap some cards. Tunnels. I'd put my leg out to put stuff on the leg. I I don't know. I, I, I <laughs> we do stuff. <laughs> yeah, but, the biggest uh, yeah. the biggest hard difficulty is that things cannot be like the orientation can't really be shifted because you have yeah. to have that clear grid both in the central tableau and in your individual tableau to be clear on which rows are part of which rows and uh, knowing what is aligning with what because there's that pattern collection. Or uh, or set collection, I mean, and then the central tableau. Of course, you have to be able to see that triangulation clearly. Um, so, but but definitely doable. And and the other ni- the nice thing about it, I mean, it, the box it comes in isn't uh, super crazy huge. It's 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 a smaller size, so it doesn't fit in a uh, pocket, but it could fit in a tote pretty easily. Um, but uh, yeah, something to consider. The vibe, though, I think it's great. It's it sort of reminds me of a game you'd like in a. We're coming on winter here, so you'd want to go to maybe a place with a, like a fire or a warm spot and just sort of s- settle in in some comfy chairs with some drinks and and just sort of play this game and and chat over it. There's a lot of ability to talk over this game. There are some great ups and downs. Some great um, like oh you got me or you you went there right where I needed to or oh he's yeah. not going to do it. I can't wait. Oh I can get exactly what I want. Some really fun <laughs> gleeful moments and some fun. Uh, frustrating moments, but once again, frustrating in a good way for this game. So the vibe is perfect. The vibe is a really great, like, uh, cold weather game. I don't know if it's just because it's cold right now, it's on my mind, but it strikes me as a really good, like, cold weather game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that sounds, I, I, I feel like that covers all our bases. It's got some pluses and minuses, but it's definitely feasible to take out and one that I think would work well in the right situation. Yeah. All right, we did it. I can't believe I forgot it last week. <laughs> I have to go back and listen to that. See if <laughs> did, I can. Did you want me to talk something. about more about the expansion? Uh, yeah, if you want to bre- mention it briefly, sure. All right, I have not played the expansion. I've I've watched some stuff. <laughs> That'd be I've weird if the you rules. played the expansion and not played this game <laughs> and not and not played this game. That'd be really <laughs> weird. Uh, basically, it kind of swaps out a couple of things. It doesn't change too much. It it adds basically, I'd say like three or four features to it one which you've already kind of mentioned uh the first thing it does is 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 it kind of it adds a new resource of water uh water is almost a wild resource uh for every two water that you have uh you can at any time trade it in for any one good so it's it doesn't count as a good but it is a resource kind of like gold in that respect but you can't trade it in to get a gold type of thing so uh and then they kind of changed a couple of the outside actions on the board just so that it would like kind of fit in with uh, the water theme. So a few of the things have moved over to different cards or a few of the cards just have an additional thing you can do on them. Uh, just kind of like just changing it just to kind of suit the whole idea of what's going on. Uh, and some of the raids have also been 
swapped out for other things. They get a bit more specific. So instead of being like, you need to pay a good, you need to pay, this time you need to pay a specific good. You need to pay a pepper, and that's all you can pay. So uh, just to kind of like get with that whole interplay of, well, there's kind of a wild resource here. So instead of being able to pay whatever you want, now we kind of have to restrict it more because we've opened up one other end of the game. Uh, the one thing you did mention is that there's now a Targia token that is going in the opposite direction around the edge of the board. It will start on the just one below the upper left-hand corner, and it will, every turn, move around. Uh, it doesn't block spaces. You can still go at that spot. There's nothing uh, doing there. Uh, but it also does a few other things. So uh, if, if you place your marker on that spot... Uh, you have another option of things to do. Uh, uh, if a player places the, their Targi on the border card, uh, in addition to doing whatever that card is, you can uh, use the Targia function, which is to either uh, take one good of your choice from the supply, or you can pay one good uh, of your choice uh, and then uh, reveal the top cards of the goods section and obtain that benefit. Uh, and you can technically do that multiple times. So if you're like, I don't really want that, then you can pay another good to see what the next one is. So if you're if you're just like, man, I really need a gold, I'm willing to pay the extra thing. I didn't really need that salt that I got from the thing that I was on. So it kind of gives you some other options to kind of be flexible on. Uh, another thing that they added was there are all new tribe cards and good cards that you can play with. They do say that you can intermix them from the two sets, but I believe they suggest that you just play with the ones that come in this set first. Uh, and they have a bunch of other symbols on these tribe cards, uh, some of them where it's you take the action immediately, some of them where it's a permanent ability, and they have little symbols like a, a lightning bolt or an infinity symbol. There are ones where you... Uh, can use it in a future thing where you'd place a token or two or three tokens on it and then you can at any time use it so you'd spend that token and then you'd get to do that ability and there are some more that have like exclamation points where you can uh, take advantage of it at the end of it so they they made it a bit more specific so it's a little less like when does this happen type of thing because I know when we were playing uh, the original one there were a few times we were like wait does that happen anytime I want to or is that a one time oh, thing sure, yeah. it, was, it wasn't as clear and so they made it a little bit more clear with these cards uh, also there's a few other cost things where they put parentheses around it where you can if you do it this way you can can do with that so there's a few other symbology things that get added uh the last thing that they added was a a sand dune area uh which uh is it's just uh, a deck of cards that's kind of off to the side and three of them will always be present at any point in time when you place your target you can instead of placing it in this this grid you can place it on one of these cards and just get that benefit it could be something where it's like oh you just get you know a date and some salt or two victory points or things like that or it could be some extra bonus benefit type of a thing uh you get this really cool card but you miss out on making more intersections because that card in the sand dunes will do nothing extra uh, so it doesn't it doesn't intersect with it's not part of the same grid. So it's something where it's like, ooh, this is really good, but I'm going to miss out on making another intersection in this grid. Uh, you can place if you wanted to, you could place all of your Targi on there as long as the other opponent hasn't taken it, uh, because it's the same thing where if you take it, no one else can take that card, type of a thing. Uh, and they will get they don't get refreshed. They just kind of stay where they are. The only time they get refreshed is if someone takes one and then it will get replaced with another sand dune card. Or every time, uh, basically every time a raid happens, 
all of the cards that are there will get wiped, uh, and then all new ones will come in. So it's just kind of an extra thing off to the side of interesting kind of interplay things that can happen. So that's that's mostly everything new with the expansion. There you go. And that is, uh, yeah, it make, I'm really curious to see how the Targia changes things. I really like the base game. And, um, but yeah, that sounds really interesting to me. I'm very, I'd be curious to try it and see what, how, how the, uh, like the flow of the game shifts for, from that. It almost seems like, I don't know, I shouldn't say anything <laughs> up or down about it because I really don't know. But it almost seems like it's getting, it's definitely going to up the complexity potentially. Or, yes. Not, um, your your options maybe a little bit of analysis paralysis there because there's just so many other things to consider but uh but it does sound interesting yeah when i was learning i had i think i had to read the rules like three or four times because i'm like wait hold on you can do what now like i yeah like i'm only (laughs) just getting used to targi and it's just like that wasn't that bad but now it's like you have three options for this i'm like i don't need three options just give me one (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh no, more things to get wrong that I'm going to screw up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more things to miss. But uh, yeah, Targi, everybody, check it out. Really good two-player game. Fits a. Um, it, it definitely. I'm glad they didn't scale this up and try to make it a four-player game. There, there are games like it that, like Brussels 1897, is one I mentioned, and uh, this is, fits a nice um, space for a two-player game that is really a gamery two-player game that's not like five hours long or you have to build a deck or something like that so check it out and uh thank you guys for listening i also don't have a catchphrase uh but i do have an excuse i think it's a pretty darn good one it's my birthday today when we're recording this so i don't have to have an excuse if i really don't want to because it's my birthday but that is my excuse <laughs> oh shoot it is so, your birthday today <laughs> <laughs> so uh thank you guys for listening and we hope you're getting some games in right now as the cold weather sets upon us and it becomes more of an indoor situation than it already was before you have even more excuses to stay inside and play games thank you all for listening and we will catch you guys on the next episode bye <laughs>